Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jig Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Going to talk to Aaron Falk coming up here momentarily. He's uh, down there in the bubble covering it for utahjazz.com. Uh, Gordon, I'm trying to find this uh, this tweet from Ben Anderson, and I'm curious as if you are alarmed by this or not. Um, here it is. This is our friend Ben Anderson from KSL Sports. says, the Jazz 131.1 offensive rating is by far the highest in the NBA playoff bubble uh, by more than eight points. Okay. The problem is Denver's offensive rating is 119.2, third best in the league. Since they've only played one another, that means the Jazz have the third worst defense. (laughs) Well, (laughs) that's true, even though they hold them to 87 points in that last game. I'm trusting Ben's math. Are you you calling him out for being inaccurate? No, 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 because the other games have been high scoring. Um, on the one side, uh, on the one side, I think that, uh, okay, that could be a red flag. On the other, uh, isn't a team likely to score more if the other team is scoring more? I mean, just by nature of the pace of the game and then, uh, you know. Sure, sure. That's what, uh, <laughs> that's what Doug Moe used to say. Okay, is it? <laughs> I'm sure. All right, let's jump out to the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. He makes the magic happen for UtahJazz.com. He's our good friend Aaron Falk. What's going on, Aaron? Hey, guys. How are you today? Hey, we're doing great. We talked to uh, Chris Mannix earlier in the show, and he said that uh, for the last 36 days, he's eaten uh, a Caesar salad for lunch and chicken wings for dinner. Have you been able to find variety in your cuisine, or are you stuck with the same thing every day? Uh, you know, I've been able to, to mix it up. So um, the the outside media that is here, uh, Chris Mannix included, um, while they are have uh, a level of access that most reporters don't have, they're still quite limited um, within the bubble. So uh, I'm allowed to go to two restaurants on campus or on our hotel property, and he's allowed to go to zero of them. So um, I, you know, I've really been mixing it up. I've had all sorts of different chicken fingers. (laughs) So wait a second. What's, (laughs) where's he eating? Um, There there is uh, a like Disney catering essentially that um, is set up for, for everyone. You know, no, no one's going to starve Gordon. Um, but yeah, like there, there are levels of, of clearance. And so team personnel are able to go to seriously, the, the resort we're on, there are two restaurants. I could theoretically, I think, take a bus to one of the other hotels and eat it at, at a third, but, um, it's two. the, the media here though, they will go in and they'll get, you know, whatever's catered that day. Um, in, in addition to that, everyone is also able to order in from like six different steakhouses i think they all have the exact same menu but you know if you if you want a steak you can get a steak here what's the best meal you've had the best meal i've had um there the one restaurant uh in the middle of the lake if you if you've seen anyone's 
um, Instagram of where guys are fishing here. There is one place in the middle of the lake. Um, I don't know if it just because it was a, a change in scenery to look at the hotel from a different perspective as opposed to, um, you know, my, my normal view. Uh, but I think we, we did okay. We had, um, you know, a, a really nice, steak dinner a really nice uh you know all, all sorts of of appetizers that that was the best meal so far so aaron we're you know uh watching the zoom press conferences and watching the games but of course from afar you were there and given uh, the kind of access that you have what's the vibe surrounding the team that you could tell given this certain recent success yeah i mean you know i think everybody's um pretty pumped up i i it's it's an interesting thing um you know, after losing game one and seeing Donovan go for an historic 57 points and, and fall short, like things could have gone quite differently. I, I think, um, you know, if, if you're a team that may not have true championship aspirations, you know, if you're not the Lakers and whatever, like uh, a loss could make you start thinking about home and these guys, um, bounce back immediately, uh, and now to be up three-one, I, I think the idea is, you know, the, the the everyone here's, you know, put pressure on in the first half um, tomorrow afternoon, and, and see if you can't get, get Denver thinking about getting out of here um, as soon as possible. That's an interesting way of looking at it, and when when you consider it, Aaron, the Jazz are really one point away from already having this over. You know? Yeah, ab- the, absolutely. And I think you know. I mean, like I said, you look at you look at that, and, and, and you think, "Wow, your your best offensive player just put up the best scoring performance in franchise playoff history, and it wasn't enough." Uh, are you are you doomed? And you know the way that Donovan has played, the way that everyone has has played offensively on the team, the way Quinn Snyder's coached. Uh, here we are, you know, three wins later, and and cruising toward the second round. It, it would seem. What do you think's working so well for Mike Conley right now, Aaron? He is obviously playing great in his two games in the playoffs, but really the whole bubble experience, he's he's looked really, really good. What do you think's been the difference there? Yeah, I think, you know, there, there was some questions um, I think you would have about what carryover would exist after such a long layoff, but Mike Conley was playing really well um, in the run-up before the, the hiatus, and, and I think, you know, we've talked about this before, but he was set up really nicely at home, um, having having one of the, the more lucrative contracts in the NBA allowed him to have uh, a court at his home to be able to to um, practice on, on nice facilities throughout the the quarantine, and then to get here and, and from the jump he just said, you know, I, 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 he's had a little chance to to analyze things and, and maybe where he started the year wondering what his role would be, wondering how much he should be in um, getting other guys involved versus taking his own shot. He, he said the day that he got here, like, my role is clearly defined. I know exactly what I'm supposed to do. He's played like it. Man, his jumper looks soft right now, doesn't it? I mean, it just looks right on the money, and you can say that about a bunch of guys. The Jazz shooting 57.5%? Are you kidding me? Pretty wild. See Donovan. I mean, and and, and Donovan has looked uh, amazing. He just looks so comfortable. He's, I think he's shooting nine threes a game, shooting fifty-one percent from three. Um, yeah, lights out. You know that, and that's what they have to do against the Denver team that, that is also a really good offensive team. And Jamal Murray has put on a couple of incredible shows himself. And uh, just just to be able to top those offensive performances with with their own has been absolutely impressive to watch. 
Are you surprised, Aaron? Not, I mean, not that you necessarily would pick the Jazz or the Nuggets one way or another, but to be up 3-1 and last night's performance aside with two just blowouts, I mean, it's, it's more one-sided, I guess, than I expected. Yeah, I, I think you. I think most people would have to have to be surprised. You go back and um, you could pull up the ESPN prediction um, before the series, and I think there was one reporter, uh, Eric Woodyard, formerly of the Deseret News, who picked the Jazz to win this series. Um, you know, three six. You look at the regular season, three zero Denver's favor. You look at the, the limitations in terms, just in terms of who's available. No Boyan Bogdanovich. Um, if you thought. 3-1 Utah Jazz uh, at this point in, in cruising. Like, I, you know, congratulations on, on your faith and, and your belief, but I, I don't think very many people would have had that uh, prediction in, in, in their book. We've talked about the offense, Aaron. What is there anything the Jazz can do to slow down Jamal Murray and, and Jokic? Those two are the scene where that's where everything swirls around. Can they put up a better defensive effort, or is it just, hey, man, you just got to outscore them? I, I think you know, while there there are there are things that are being done and, and tweaks to the game plan, and, and certainly Royce O'Neal is um, working as, as hard as he can to slow down Jamal Murray and Joe Ingles when when Royce is um, not out there. Uh, just a, a great offensive player um, in in his own right, and and this Jazz team, you know, Rudy Gobert is a tremendous defender, um, best defender in in the NBA. And right now, I mean, just the way the, the way the personnel is on, on the team and, and sort of the, the way this has been, this is not the defensive Utah Jazz team from a couple of seasons ago. And right now, this is a team that is going to have to outscore people. And, and um, with Donovan Mitchell playing the way that he has and Mike Conley playing the way that he has, it's, it's, it's worked out so far. You think Rudy, and I, I would guess I know your answer to this, but do you think he takes the matchup with Jokic personally? Jokic gets a lot of attention. They're both centers. Uh, you know, Denver sent out that, uh, the, the Nuggets Twitter account sent out that tweet about playing against the best center in the league. But is, is it an obvious question? Does Rudy take that stuff personally? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I don't know that he's going to say much about it. or and, and I don't know that when I say personally, like, I don't I don't know that, you know, Rudy is in his feelings, as as the kids would say, or or you know, like really worked up about it. But he he certainly cares. He certainly cares about how he's perceived. He cares about um, his his output. Uh, you know, the, the the jersey number twenty seven is you know you know everyone knows the story about that and, and just being overlooked and and he uses that to fuel himself so um, a- absolutely you know he he's certainly read plenty of your of everyone's mean tweets. And he, he knows that this is a chance to go one-on-one and, and they're both great players. I mean, they, and they're both great at, at different things in different ways. Um, and so maybe it's, it's not truly, you know, uh, a, a great one-on-one comparison in, in that regard, but of course, Rudy Gobert wants to beat uh, Nikola Jokic and, and like that. There's no question about that in my mind. Speaking of that kind of energy off of negativity, I wrote about this today, and I heard uh, what Donovan said last night, that he actually likes it when people talk negative, talk crap to him. Do you think the Jazz are living off of that a little bit? And is that part of the motivation that Donovan has? Because as you mentioned earlier, he looks about as comfortable as a basketball player can. Yeah, I think, you know, certainly that, that fuels him, um, as he said, and and plenty of – of um, people to prove wrong after 
a lot of the the reporting that went on. Not to say the reporting was uh, you know, always inaccurate, but you you see your name come up with, associated with with negative things and conflict within the locker room, and and you know you're you're motivated. And then uh, honestly, last night, um, you know the, these games, there are virtual fans. I don't know how many people are are human beings are are in the arena. Not that many, quite frankly, and certainly not that many. Um, spectators but there are about 25 maybe chairs opposite of of the team benches for um team personnel uh you know justin zack the general manager etc would would be down there some nba staffers um family and it's it's quiet you've got the 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 music or the music and and the audio that's being pumped in but there was one gentleman who um is a nuggets employee who's who's here for uh, a league role and you know there are no other fans other than this guy, and this this guy got a little heated, and he got he, he started to, to say some things to Donovan, honestly. So he, Donovan found the one guy willing to, to who could honestly talk trash to him um, in in a game with no fans, and and Donovan loved it. I mean, you know, at, talking to him after, like Donovan likes that sort of a thing, and, and he was barking back at him. So he, he found even even in a bubble, even with no fans, a, a way to to kind of get get himself going that way. So, Aaron, let's let's talk about that for a second. What is the in-person experience like down there? Because on TV, the NBA is obviously working very hard to make it as normal as possible, right? Down to the virtual fans and the noise, et cetera, et cetera. But what what's it like to actually be there? Is it weird? It, it is. I mean, there there there's no way around that. Um, you know, the noise is. I think it's good to have some noise. Otherwise, just just the regular conversation. Just the, the the game noise would not be enough to have to have the crowd noise in there. Just helps sort of muffle everyone's conversations a little bit, and, and I think create some focus. But there's no way that it feels like a, a real game. And I've said this before, but like Rudy Gobert going to the free throw line for two free throws to, to close out a game, and, and you've got some video game noise over the top of it, is not going to, to shake him the way that you know maybe 19,000 people and and you know get get your pulse up that way might in a regular uh, NBA game or certainly a playoff game. Um, it's, it's strange. I think guys are adjusting to it. Um, and, and certainly once, once you're playing and, and you're up against, you see, you know, Paul Millsap stare you down, you've got uh, pride and, and competitive juices flowing and you want to, you want to do that. But yeah, the, the experience itself is quite different. Um, even the, the 25 people that I, I mentioned, you know, there are some, 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 uh, very polite applause going on, but not a lot of not a lot of uh, you know yelling and screaming from from even the, the few jazz employees who may be sitting there. So, Aaron, what do you do? Do you do you go to the games? Where do you sit? And what do you go on the off days if there is such a thing? Do you ever go to any of the other games? What do I do? Um, I ask myself that all the time, Gordon. <laughs> um, uh, you know, it's it's. Every team has a a content person um, and who's here with them and um, involves a lot of different things. Um, during a game, I'm um, kind of opposite uh, the visiting bench, um, so keeping distance from from players, etc. Um, photography, some video, writing after games, um, lot, lots of different things going on. And in terms of of off days, I mean, you know, we, we, we have a level of practice pretty much every day, even if that's film. Um, and there are things to 
to be done, uh, other duties as assigned. Like, a, a, you know, go, I'm, I am the part of the postal uh, team here where we go and pick up packages and deliver them to, to players, et cetera. So, you know, there, there's lots going on. Um, and that being said, you know, there, there's not a lot to do otherwise. You can ride a bike around in a circle. You can fish. You can play a little pickleball. Um, or you can eat chicken fingers. <laughs> Which, have, you golfed, have you golfed at all? I have not golfed. I'm uh, I am a terrible golfer, and I would not disgrace some good <laughs> golfers for some with my presence right now. I'll say that. So, what do you think about this this hot shooting continuing, Aaron? Does it does it feel like almost a, a, a lightning in a bottle? Like it's temporary? Is it the Denver Nuggets' uh, weak defense, like we've talked about, or have they figured something out? Do you expect this to continue? I mean, it, it's. I, I, certainly there will be lulls um, talking had a David Locke was kind enough to call me today and we, we chatted a little bit and, and kind of went over some of the, um, the numbers and just, just the, the percentage above what their season average is and sort of their expected shooting last night was their best shooting night, the jazz best shooting night of, of the season. Um, and it's hard to have your best shooting night of the season every night, right? Like that's just not something that's going to happen. So there will be drop off. Um, that being said, you know, Donovan Mitchell has seemed to figure a lot of things out. And, and he said the other night that he, he had nothing else to do during quarantine but watch film. You know, when we were all supposed to be uh, learning a new language or, or developing a skill or woodworking or whatever the hell it was, um, he became an NBA superstar apparently. So congratulations <laughs> to him and, and using his time wisely. Um, so I'm, I'm super interested to see how he uh, – how, how the rest of his postseason plays out. But, of course, there, there are going to be lulls and, and dips in, in those um, shooting performances. We've seen that. That's something. And, and it's just a matter of do you have the depth? Do you have, um, you know, if, if Donovan ha- has an off night, is, can Joe Ingles be there to pick him up? Can Mike Conley be there to pick him up? Um, and, and can your defense uh, dip in when, when you need to, to to get a couple of stops? And this is, you know, it's – even even game five against Denver and, and certainly beyond, if, if the Jazz advance, like it's, it's not getting any easier. So um, should be an interesting ride here. You know, Aaron, one of the things Jake and I were talking about this earlier that was so impressive about that win last night was even though Jamal Murray was doing what he was doing and the Jazz were giving up some points and suffering from that perspective, there was no hitch in their giddy up going down the other way. And it was it addressed the very thing that we were just talking about, whether they can maintain the confidence to continue to shoot like that. And I don't know whether it's physical, what they're doing on the court, or whether it's mental, whether they just suddenly feel like they the, the, the basket's as big as uh, a, a bushel basket or what. But uh, – that the way they responded last night was about the most impressive thing I saw since the playoffs started. Yeah, and you think back to to game one and that overtime, and you know I, I think they would identify that as one of the as as kind of the reason for the loss. Um, you start overtime, you 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 played um, incredibly well to get to this moment, and. Jamal Murray and Denver knocked down a couple of shots and, and it did look like they, they hung their heads a little bit and they didn't look like they responded the way um, that they, they wanted to. And, and they've certainly turned that around uh, the last few games. And, and last night, you like just the exact opposite problem. You know, Denver still making their shots. Donovan Mitchell and Utah Jazz going back the other way. No, no concern at all. And they're going to hit their shots too. All right, Aaron, last thing for me, and I, I know this is an extremely personal question, but uh, we've seen the rules about family members coming into the bubble. Will they allow you to invite in Instagram models? 
uh, my my DMs were uh, they they went unresponded to. So you Dang know, it. here Dang it. here I here I am. I, I could I couldn't I couldn't afford the uh, two hundred dollar room charge a night to get you know anyone into Walt Disney World anyway. So sorry guys, I'm, I'm hanging out alone. Mm. Well, uh, I mean, do you what are you doing? You playing solitaire? What are you doing? Right now, guys, I'm sitting at a bus stop, um, looking at a pond, and you know maybe I'll see see some wildlife. I don't, I don't know. Wow, that sounds amazing. <laughs> this was the highlight of my day, honestly. Human human uh, interactions, the outside world. I appreciate I appreciate the opportunity to know that life is still going on, guys. Oh, well, look, Aaron. If people underestimate how hard it is to do nothing. <laughs> I'm mastering that right now, Gordon. Um, putting that up, endorse me on LinkedIn. <laughs> I'm just trying to get even for you for your impersonation of me in that uh, Joe Ingalls uh, podcast. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Have we have we talked about that on the air yet? Did we? Did we? Get I, to that? I think I think we did. Um, we did talk about it, and I felt. Um, no remorse. Yeah, I think that's how that works. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually got into sports because I really liked um, writing feature stories, just telling stories of people's lives. And Did you ever write one on me? You know, I think Gordon Monson came in and swooped in. He's like, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna take care of this. I'm gonna, Aaron. I think I got an idea. <laughs> that was incredible. That was pretty, pretty funny. Oh, just incredible. We should play that on a loop. What are we doing? That should be part of Aaron's intro next time we have him on the show. Uh, I appreciate uh, that, guys. Hey, we appreciate you, Aaron. Thank you very much for jumping on with us. And seriously, keep up the good work, buddy. Hey, thanks so much. You guys take care. Thanks, Aaron. Our friend Aaron Falk in the bubble for UtahJazz.com. Look, looking at a pond. Looking at a pond. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to get boring. They've been down there for so long now. It is. It's uh, it's been a while, and it'll the way it's going. It's going to be a while yet. If I were if I were our friend Chris Mannix, I'd get to know Aaron Falk and ask him to smuggle me a steak. Aaron gets two restaurants. Mannix gets zero. <laughs> he says he'd get on a bus and go to another restaurant too. Yeah. See, and maybe see some wildlife, and ride a bike in a circle. In a circle. Yeah. I like what he said about apparently when we were all supposed to be learning a, a new language or woodworking, Donovan Mitchell became an NBA superstar. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. He did. Yeah. He did. There's no denying it, man. He's he's playing as as well as anyone down there. And that means I'm including everyone. Yeah, it says that's saying a lot because Damian Lillard has been really good. Luka Doncic, obviously. I mean, that's not uh, talking about LeBron even. So, yeah. By the way, Chris Paul uh, playing really well. The uh, the Thunder ended up winning and even up that series at two games apiece. Mm-hmm. 117 to 114 is your final there. So which of these series do you think is the most compelling? That one, maybe. Just because there's a lot of, like Austin pointed out a video to me of Russell Westbrook, like trying to fight the Thunder, even though he's not even playing. I mean, it seems <laughs> like there's a lot of, like, underground storylines that make that that uh, compelling plus aren't the rockets kind of the ultimate um underachiever and the thunder or overachievers what was the final in that game do you know i don't have it in front 117 114 so i mean when i think of the rockets i think of high octane offense guys shooting all over the place all the threes they launch and all that stuff but when i think of the thunder the thing that is most uh 
I guess, frightening if you're an opponent is their ability to lock down at times. Yeah. But that, that score, it's remarkable that the scoring has been as high as it is. Do you think that's about the sight lines as far as the, the backdrops and all that? The shooters just feeling very comfortable? Or do you think there's something more to it? Yeah, you know, the defenses haven't been good, as good. That's part of it. And it's they just, just the, they just don't feel like it. Well, it's the direction the NBA is going to, where defense is less and less of a thing, <laughs> which actually makes it more and more of a thing if you think about it. Because if you can play a little, does that give you an advantage? Yeah, but I mean, look like at the, tomorrow when the Jazz face uh, the, the the Nuggets fan. If they lock down defensively, what? I mean, does not just slam the door all the way? Uh, yeah, but I, are they capable of locking down defensively? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Jamal Murray, pretty tough to cover. He is, yeah. And Jokic is good on that side of the ball. Yes, he is. He is. He's just not much of a defender. No, neither one of those players are. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. There it is, right there. Donovan Mitchell's not a great defender. He's trying to be better, and it'll be interesting to see if he can really turn himself into a solid, just just rock-solid two-way player. I don't think he's there yet defensively. Do you? He tries hard, though. He's not. He's not there defensively. I think he can be but, better. But if you're scoring 51 points, I mean, that, that that's the great thing about these two-way guys like Quad Leonard and others. Uh, typically speaking, they have the energy to be the to lead their team in scoring at one end, and then to be the lockdown guy at the other. Unless, Unless Doc, Doc Rivers, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were going to make the same joke. <laughs> Oops. Unless Doc Rivers thinks Reggie Jackson needs to go. <laughs> Reggie, you look bored over there. Go guard Luka Doncic on the most important shot of the series. He knows it's not go. junior jazz where everyone has to play, right? I don't know. <laughs> Need go to get Reggie's can, uh, <laughs> See if you can nibble at his ankles a little bit and bother him. That's amazing. Oh, that's a bad joke considering he had the ankle issue. Oh, boy. All right, stay tuned. We'll get to uh, drop of the day coming up next, and I, I am absolutely looking forward to this. Rarely... <laughs> Do you get a comment like this from somebody notable in sports? You're going to want to hear it coming up next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 in the zone. Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is the big show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years on 97.5, 1280, the zone in the zone sports network. If you missed yesterday's uh, sounds uh, uh, of various uh, clips, then you won't know exactly what we're talking about right now. But that is definitely appointment radio, isn't it? Time for sounds of various clips, also known as Drop of the Day, here on the big show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon, uh, you're a big uh, boxing guy. Uh, uh, not really, but I, I used to be back in the day. Uh, what? Uh, who was who was your favorite boxer growing up? Uh, that uh, the Jack Johnson, that guy that uh, <laughs> Russell Crowe fought in uh, in the in, <laughs> Max Bear Bear. Yeah, Max, that guy. I know we don't talk a lot of boxing on this show, but over the weekend, I had a speed bag when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't even get past over the weekend. <laughs> Couldn't even get that far in the story. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The <laughs> listeners have to know about my speed bag. 
I had a speed bag when I was a kid. Oh, man. Uh, well, uh, Oscar De La Hoya apparently uh, is considering a comeback at, uh, how old is he, 47? Is, am I remembering that right? Something like that? Got to be at least that, isn't he? A little, little long in the tooth. Well, uh, Dana White was giving a press conference for one of his upcoming UFC events, and he was asked about this uh, triumphant return of De La Hoya. Finally, last one. I'm a good friend of yours. Oscar De La Hoya has announced he's coming out of retirement to box again. I just wondered if you had any... Cocaine isn't cheap. It's expensive. Got to make money. Thanks, Dana. Yep. <laughs> wow. Thanks, Dana. Thanks, Dana. Wow. Yep. Cocaine isn't cheap. Got to make money. Got to make that yep. money. Thanks, Dana. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Cocaine isn't cheap. What do you think about Oscar returning? Well, you know, cocaine isn't cheap. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. <laughs> I thought it had. Cocaine oh. isn't cheap. And I hope, I hope that Oscar has uh, is not having issues. I yep. hope that that's just a just a shot and yep. not not accurate. Yep. But now, okay. So uh, what's what's the legal ramifications there? I mean, can you say that about somebody if it's not true? Well, I didn't... hate to admit this, but I I, I like cocaine. Um, I don't think he said that uh, Oscar De La Hoya is doing cocaine. I think it was more just an observation that uh, cocaine a is inexpensive. A report on the market? Yeah. Cocaine oh. isn't cheap. Put two and two together. But you, you, to meet a slander case, that's a pretty high standard. It's expensive. Right? <laughs> Especially it, for a public figure. And he's not, uh, he's not saying anything wrong. I mean, I, I've never purchased cocaine in my life, but my, under, my impression is that cocaine it's isn't cheap. not cheap. Yeah. Expensive. It's expensive. Got to make, make that money. money. I mean, yep. How does he know that's what he's spending his money on? I don't know, Gordon. Why don't you ask him? <laughs> oh, man. Should I be worried a little bit that I love cocaine? The report. <laughs> I, I love the song "Cocaine." I don't like. I mean, I. Yep. Don't like that. Yep. Cocaine. Uh huh. We knew what you mean, Gordon. <laughs> yep. Thanks, Dana. <laughs> yep. Thanks, Dana. That, uh, Think about that. Oscar De La Hoya returning to the ring at 47. Cocaine isn't cheap. It's not. It's expensive. Got to make money. Thanks, Dana. Yep. <laughs> what do you suppose uh, Oscar thought when he heard that? He couldn't <laughs> disagree, could he? <laughs> Probably not real happy, I'm, I'm guessing. Considering uh, that somebody who's fairly powerful in the world, world of sports basically just said that he's only coming back to fight for cocaine. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! I, well, I don't know whether that's true or not. I guess we could probably Google it and find out. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I think Oscar's had some issues in the past with that. Cocaine isn't cheap. <laughs> yeah, but the implication here is that he's still doing it, and so that's why he's got to go back. So that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I think you nailed it, Gordon. I think that's exactly what he said. There was no need for a follow-up. How'd you read between the lines there? <laughs> no, but I was saying from from a standpoint of if there's something documented in the past, <laughs> then then that's that's to say that might be verifiable. But how does Dana White know what Oscar is doing? Like they're week? buddies. You heard the reporter. Not something you really respond with if there isn't a previous story here. Right. Don't, you don't say. Are they real? Are they really buddies? Is they that used to be. Yeah. They used to be. There's a long history there, but they used to be buddies.
Huh. <laughs> Cocaine isn't cheap. Does Danny use? How does Danny use his excess cash? Yep. <laughs> oh. Cocaine isn't cheap. <laughs> okay. That better be true, or that's an absolute cheap shot. Thanks, Dan. I don't think he cares. Well, I know, but he should care. Why? I mean, I don't. I don't have a problem with him saying that if it's true. But if it's not true, that's that's uh, that's a difficult. So thing you're for. fine for him outing somebody's substance abuse if it's true, but just well, taking he, a shot from the rafters because you don't like the guy well, is not. Well, I, I have. In a, fact, I uh, think yeah. it's worse if it's true. No, I can tolerate. No, it's not because if it's not true, then that's that that, that smears the guy. Yep. If it is true, then then okay. If it's not true, Dana White's making a joke and taking a shot. If it is true, it's a real sad personal tragedy. I can't believe you're saying, well, if it's true, bah, it's fine. Out the guy. Who cares? It's a joke. (laughs) But if it isn't true, it's like, oh, my gosh, I'm I'm personally offended. Yeah, because, you know, yeah, maybe Oscar is like uh, pure as the driven snow. Boo. I just wondered if you had any cocaine isn't cheap. <laughs> Why is he coming back? At the... Didn't even let the guy finish his question. Cocaine isn't cheap. <laughs> Got to make money. It's expensive. Thanks, Dana. Yep. <laughs> but he had, Dana. No, he had no further comment. He went on with the press conference. Oh, I've never seen anything like that. What, what's Dana White's overall, uh, you know, character and presence like? Uh, I've never met him. We should talk to our friend uh, Sean O'Connell about it. OC's met him a bunch of times. I mean, is he a reputable guy or is he, what's he? uh, Made a ton of money. He kind of reminds me of the Maloof brothers a little bit. Really, really rich on a lot of other people's hard work and doesn't seem all that upstanding. But, hey, it makes a funny comment. Did the, uh, another didn't the Maloof brothers lose a bunch of their money? And didn't they oh, inherit, that's too bad. Didn't they inherit their money to begin with? Oh, that's also too bad. Jeez. <laughs> oh, but what is that? Exactly what I said on all, other people's hard work. You're hitting all the buttons to just fire Austin. Yep. <laughs> What did uh, what did the, the UFC sell for to who they sell out to the one of those agencies? Wasn't right? it the Maloof brothers? No, 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 oh, okay. it wasn't. It was uh, CAA or one of those. Uh, but didn't it go for billions of dollars? It's Ooh, owned by yeah, Endeavor, which is uh, an arm of the CAA. Yeah. yeah so they, what's Dana White's function nowadays? He's still president. He pocketed $4 billion, and he still has his job. Sold on for $4 billion. White uh, stayed on to run the promotion side of things. Right. So he's still in charge of the USC, and he just put $4 billion in his pocket. So. Expensive. Yeah. It is expensive. I guess when you're that rich, you can say whatever you want. Got to make money. Oh, to his credit, he was saying stuff like this well before he made $4 billion. <laughs> So he's been consistent. He has been consistent. Well, that's too bad. If that's true, then that, that would be a sad tale. You were rooting for it to be true just a minute ago. <laughs> Not really rooting for it to be true. But I, I, you know, when you've made as much money as Oscar De La Hoya has in his career, that would be a shame if at this point in time you needed to resort to desperate measures to uh, you know, put food on the table. Hmm. Or something else. <laughs> Line up that food. <laughs> Just doesn't cut it. 
<laughs> oh, man. All right. We'll have more coming Let's up next. Let's bump this to the next segment. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Do you think it's possible for Donovan Mitchell to maintain maybe not this level as far as scoring 50 plus points a game, but can he be a superstar in this league? He's almost already there. I mean, he's such a gifted offensive player and his defense is certainly coming along. Uh, you know, we all heard the comparisons to Dwayne Wade early in his career, and, and you can see a lot of that. I mean, Dwayne had some outstanding postseason games as well, and Donovan is starting to, to kind of put himself into that tier of where Dwayne was uh, early in his career. Now, ultimately, your your superstar status is measured by playoff success. If you you know can't get out of the first, the second round, it's, it's going to be hard to define you that way. But the numbers he's put up in the regular season, the numbers he's putting up right now, he's trending in that direction, absolutely. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. That was Chris Mannix from the bubble earlier in the show. Gordon talking about Donovan Mitchell and where his game has uh, taken him thus far. Yeah, I think he's well on his way. Obviously, we need more proof, uh, and uh, I think Chris hit the nail on the head. It's one thing to to average 20-plus points a game during the regular season, but what happens in the playoffs is where you really do make your name, and Donovan is very interested, I think, in having that name made. Oh, yeah, I think so. I mean... So Donovan's definitely got some humility, and he's he's a very personable guy on and off the microphone. He's He's got an upbeat personality. He's very likable. But he also has a side of him where he doesn't hate having his own shoe. Right. You know, he right. doesn't he and, doesn't hate leading Sports Center. He doesn't, you know, dislike the attention, I don't think. And by, and by the way, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And, in fact, no. in this you gotta case— You've got to have it. You've got to have it to some extent, or else you're not going to see it. Well, I was going to say, in this case, it, it gives you extra motivation. You win the, the lights are the brightest. We talked about this the other day. You know, playoff P seems to go into a hole. Donovan Mitchell thus far has, has really shined. By the way, can I complain about playoff P for a second mm-hmm. here? Paul George, you can't give yourself a nickname, playoff P. You can't do it, especially <laughs> we, when you've done nothing in the playoffs, essentially. We it's, were going after him big time with that back when the Jazz played him and beat him that year. It just that uh, First of all, you don't give yourself a nickname. Second of all, you don't give yourself a nickname like that. Did you see Charles Barkley say, I don't call myself championship Chuck or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> because it would be equally uh, right. unequal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't give yourself. And remember, he filmed that commercial with him making the last second shot and then barked at C.J. Miles when C.J. had yeah. the, the, the gall to take mm-hmm. a game-winning shot or whatever. And it's like, well, Paul, you really haven't done it. Well, it's on the one hand, I appreciate the fact that he wants to have the responsibility and the pressure to take that shot. It's, it's another to... Uh, to not have a good reason for it. Yeah, but you can't give yourself credit for making the shot before you actually do. <laughs> like I can want in one hand and spit in the other. And I mean, are we giving somebody credit for wanting to do something that they're not capable of? <laughs> so where do you, how do you feel about Paul George as a player? I think he's a fine player, but I, I think his teams have come up short, even though that they've been, uh, favored or had more talent. 
I mean, does, does a, a rookie-led Utah Jazz team two years ago have any business beating that Thunder team? No. No. They didn't. And that rookie, did. Donovan Mitchell, outplayed Paul George, who actually wasn't terrible in that series. He wasn't great either, but what was it? His game one, he was really good. And he had a, another game that series where he that was first really game good he was fantastic. Right, right, right. <clears throat> yeah, he was. But I mean, the Jazz should not have won that series, and they did. I mean, you can't say that he hasn't underachieved. And now he's he's tied up two games apiece with the Mavericks, and somehow they lost to that team uh, yesterday. It's crazy. Well, there's a couple things to see yet with Donovan. One, can he lead the Jazz to closing this thing out tomorrow? Can he do that? And then. We're going to learn a whole lot more about his advancement during quarantine when he was studying film and becoming a superstar uh, in the next round. That, 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 there's all kinds of useful information that the Jazz can get out of this if, uh, if it continues. Oh, yeah, I think, I think they're learning. Everything. Well, they have big-time decisions that they've got to make yeah, in the not-too-distant future. Do you think the fact that Donovan Mitchell is playing the way he is and Rudy Gobert is contributing the way he is, I mean, this really could determine whether the Jazz would be willing to pay uh, Rudy Gobert the money he's going to want. Well, because that- the, the, thing that, the thing that gets in the way of that is if those two don't form a, a bond that can lead to a to title contention. That, 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 that's what has to happen in order to pay them the money that they're going to want. Uh, I would say don't say them. Because Donovan's going to get every nickel he wants from the Utah Jazz. That's, there's no controversy there. They will offer it to him gladly and um, uh, pray that he takes it. Well, they definitely want him around. So what do they have to do to keep him around? Well, I guess the we were talking about the big decisions that face the Utah Jazz coming up. Donovan, you know, they have four years to convince him to stay around. I mean, that's not immediate. What if now? He, whether if to he give signs the deal. But, you know, well, he's you know. he's going to be the first player in history to take the qualifying <laughs> offer and play for sandwiches next year in order to become a free free agent. <laughs> I mean, if he does that, there's some serious spite, and they should trade him <laughs> immediately. But uh, I don't think that that's going to happen. It's Rudy, the one that they have to decide. That's yeah. the one you got to figure out. That's the hard one because Donovan, especially after what he's doing right now down in the bubble, the Jazz would pay him more if they could. And would Rudy be willing to take less if he thought he's going to win championships? Ah, there's the big question. I don't know. I doubt it. I would. What, you would? Yeah. I would take less money and have a chance to win championships than to make the Supermax and and play on some dog team somewhere. Now, maybe he thinks he can do both. But uh, the Jazz, I don't know where they are as far as their evaluation process for what, what Rudy needs to make. I don't think NBA players think like you, though, Gordon. Yeah, probably not. Well, I not just, at this point in Rudy's career. This is the first time that he's kind of uninhibited by the rookie process, right? This right, is the but first... he's already making $100 million. I mean, he, that's what his last, this last deal, this deal he's in, it was worth $100 million, wasn't Well, it? one, it's more about more than money. It's about respect, which we do know means a great deal to Rudy Gobert. Yes. And second of all, where is this magic threshold that it's enough? I mean, I've said this to you a number <laughs> of times. What would happen if President Trump stopped at his first billion? I mean, 
Do you, do you think like? Well, I thought he lost a billion. What happened? Do you yeah. think Mark Cuban, uh, after he sold uh, what what was his company, Broadcast.com or whatever it was? Like you think that, after yeah. he sold that, he was like, you know what? I got. I'm enough. good. I'm good to go. <laughs> no, he's doing a, a TV show where he's buying uh, sponges or whatever the on Shark Tank. <laughs> Weird inventions that people pull out of their backside. So, so no amount of money is is, uh, is is too much. If you're an NBA player, you have X amount of time to make as much as you can. Now, maybe there's some other Teresas out there who are like, oh, you know, for the good of the team. But I think that that's the exception rather than the rule, especially where Rudy is in his career. This is the the ultimate show of respect contract. This is the this is the big one. You don't know if you're going to get a contract like this again. So if you were the Jazz, would you pay him the Supermax if that's what he demanded? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. But that's my feeling today. Do you think he's going to demand it, and do you think he could get that elsewhere? Well, I know he can't get it elsewhere because it's against the rules. His agent's job is to demand it. His agent's job is to demand it. What's the maximum he could get elsewhere? Uh, what is it? The max contract, uh, not with bird rights and all that, I think is 30% of the cap and, uh, the super max is 35. Uh, so what's the 5% difference you suppose? A lot, an incredible amount of money. <laughs> We're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars. How much do you need? People don't feel, don't think like that. And neither do you, which is always the most frustrating thing of when this That's type of thing true. comes up. I've given up money left and right. I know, but you know, eighty-two-year-old comfortable Gordon is fine with that take. What about what about twenty-two-year-old Gordon who's thirsting to make way for his uh, the best future he can for his family? I don't know. One hundred and forty million dollar contract sounds pretty good uh, at twenty-five years, twenty-seven years old. Whatever Compared to two hundred, ah, just leave it out there. I don't know if it would be two hundred. I'm just. Speculating. We, we, are, we don't know actually what the dollar amount will be because we don't know what the salary cap's going to end up being, but this percentage will be right. the same. So that 5% is, is the big number. And an extra year, right? No, uh, an extra year for staying with your own team, but that's not necessarily Supermax. But with that extra year and the 35%, you're also eligible for, for bigger raises. Yeah, so, the six, was it 6% incremental right. raise that comes? Yeah. So. Eight percent, excuse me. 8%. I wonder if Rudy will ta- tie the dollar figures to the word respect. Yes, they all do. What do you mean? I wonder. <laughs> How long have you been covering the NBA? Yes, of course. They all do that. Don't we all do that? We all do that. No, 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 no. All right, then all right. let's get the the prep writer at the at the <laughs> uh, trib and you to switch salaries because since it's not a respect thing. All right, I'm going to get myself in trouble. Yes, you are. (laughs) All right, stay tuned. More Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.